Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your host, Keith Marnie and... Your old buddy Mike Deglio. Yeah. Way back in high school. In a tankini. Every night, my mom watched QVC, <laughs> so I missed the practice. There was no yeah. TV. Oh, so white. Do? So white. Ooh. Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Check out my farmer's tan, Mike. I live in New Jersey. Wow. He's going to cut a promo soon. Uh, he's, he's left, he's rendered me speechless. That's the most skin we've seen from Barney since the inception. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which me, I'm Keith Barney. I discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice, with my old buddy, Mike Indeglio, Mr. Tankini, how's it going, sir? Oh, you know we just rolled out of bed. Uh, it's going well. <laughs> it is going well. Keith, I have to tell you, I had a great night. I you, So a couple of friends of mine were going to the ballpark to see the Phillies play last night. I think I mentioned this on another show. And I was like, oh, let's go. But then I found out it was uh, fireworks night at the old ballpark, and it's hard to get tickets. So anyway, a pal and I were like, you know what? We're men of a certain age. Let's let's like not get the total nosebleed ten dollar tickets and like spend a little money and go see a baseball game from the good seats. So we did that. Ton of fun, air conditioned lobby with foods and keep the riff raff out. We had a great mm, night. Mm, but mm. what's cool, you'll appreciate this as a sports ball guy. We saw in since uh, since they kept track of this these kind of stats. I think it's like since eighteen sixty five, which is a long time ago. Keith. I don't know if you know this. Uh, there have been only 338 some odd cycles hit. So that's when a one batter oh. on a baseball team hits a single, double, triple, and a home run in one game. And I saw one last night. Oh, that's awesome. So that's like seeing a perfect game or a no hitter or something. It's but but more rare. It's just a random thing that happened. And we won the game, and the fireworks were spectacular, and we went and got a late night cheesesteak. So. Yeah, that was the only part I regret. And uh, what that I mean, that's awesome. And it also explains one of the mysteries I've always I've always wondered. Uh, I, I'm always wondering for for a man who makes a pretty good living, where does all of your money go? Now I understand. Well, you know, the more money you make, the more that you lose, and the uh, more that keeps to to stay afloat. It's like I say to a gen all the time. I always think about this. I don't know why I. I, I a lot of to money, but we are talking in the pool about treading water and how you have to, uh, like some people tread water and use their arms and legs at the same time. But if you're going for mm-hmm. distance, you got to try to use your arms exclusively and then switch off and give them a rest while your legs are going. And I feel like it's that way with money. Uh, the more, I don't know, is that analogy working? No, it's not. I I, I'm working. I, I, I'm doing more than treading water, trying to comprehend that analogy, but I'm, 
<laughs> debt, Keith. Keith. Where does all my money go? Debt. That's the answer. Ah, question. there you go. There you go. Well, you know, I make no money, but I don't have any debt. So that's uh, I think I'd rather I, have that, your position. That's my uh, that's my poverty. But you know, it, you know what that is. Actually, here's the difference between the two of those things. If you have a lot of income and a lot of debt, you exist. You're relevant. If you have no income and no debt, you just basically don't exist. Well, you know what? We're rich, Keith, because we don't have kids. So ah, in many ways, indeed. the potential for us to someday have income and uh, worth is uh, possible. It, well, there it is. But no there one can wipe is. our butts when we're old. That's the trade. That's that's not a trade I'm going to make. I'll just I'll just <laughs> die in a, in a hole somewhere oh, you rather a than make that I'm trade. I'm taking that bidet with me. <laughs> Yes, here we are on the uh, the out of practice bidet commercial, Mike and Deglio's bidets. Uh, so pfft. there it is. If you if you would like to spend your last bidets not having to wipe your ass, get a bidet. <laughs> Speaking Mike of uh, purchasing bidets. a bidet, uh, we'd like to thank those who have funded ours. And by ours, I mean ah. I mean mine. Thank you so much. You know, uh, if you would like to. Help us out on the channel, not just this podcast, but our other podcast that Mike and Keith, Keith and Mike watch Deep Space Nine, or look at my Star Trek toys, both of which are fun communities. And guess what? You don't need to be a Star Trek person to get involved. I wasn't, and now I am. And That's right. It happened very quickly, and I'm very excited about it. So you can be a convert, too. Or if you just like our talking heads, you can head on over to YouTube, search for Keith and Mike Watch Deep Space Nine. You'll find us. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Or better yet, join us at patreon.com slash K-and-M, spelling out that and. We can, there's all kinds of perks and stuff there. But most importantly, you become a producer on the show, and you help me and Keith continue our internet nonsense for yet Another week, another month, nay, another year. Indeed, and uh, those folks currently doing it include our very good friends, CloudLover69, CloudLover69, Jorge Navoa, Alan Zimmerman, Brian Kaufman, Casey Clark, The Mysterious Anne, CRM Productions, and Charles Babbage. Join them at patreon.com slash K and M. All right, well, what do you say? We, uh, we hear some... Uh, from some other folks, because you're probably sick of us talking already in a segment we call Filings and Subpoenas Filings and Subpoenas Filings and Subpoenas Filings and Subpoenas Keith, do you watch Only Murders in the Building on the Hulu? I have seen the first, like, four or five episodes. I, I'm, I'm getting through it. I'm getting cool. through it. I am enjoying it very the, much. The second season just dropped, and it's just it's just a delight. It's nothing more than it's trying to be. It's just a delight. Anyway, uh, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, are we starting here? Yes. Yeah. So, Keith, you you recognize that often I'll mention, as we we kind of exist in real time here, and, and we forget sometimes that there are people who are catching up on the backlog of the show that exists on the internet in many forms. We've been doing this show. There's so many episodes when you're scrolling. And you always like laugh. Like 170-something. You always laugh because you're like, nobody's listening in the back. We're lucky if anybody's listening in the front. That's true. And you just, Keith just got a filing subpoena right now. No, I'm opening up the spreadsheet. See, oh. I, I, <laughs> so I have my, my stupid computer always freaks out when I open Excel. Oh, but okay. uh, this this is how I get our fancy stats about how many episodes we've oh, done, right, who's winning right. the oopsies. 
Anyway, so, continue. A- anyway, so it turns out, Keith, that unlike normal weeks, I wasn't totally wrong. We've had a shadow listener who has chosen to just have us on at work or whatnot, uh, and I'm I, they, they 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 hit us up publicly, so I don't feel too bad sharing this uh, at, on Twitter. Keith and I don't have a, a tweeter for the show, a, t- a Twitterer for the show, but we, they reached out to us, they tagged us personally. Uh, this is Serena Bergman, uh, at Serena Bergman. Thank you for uh, tweeting at us. And she, Serena? Or Serena? No, Serena, S-I-R-E-N-A. Serena. Well, Serena would be with an E, don't you think? S-E-R? S-E-R? Well, oh, oh, s Serena. Yeah, so S I R E N S, Serena. Oh, I don't know. Sir- Unclear, enough. but uh, thank you nonetheless. You probably were like, please don't put my Twitter out anyway. <laughs> and please don't put my name out. Yeah. Please, please. If you could I just want- not mention this happened, that we'd be the best. So, uh, at Serena Bergman says, uh, she was something was going on with Jamie Foxx and Cameron Diaz, and they were talking about. Tom Brady and the goat and whatnot. I, I didn't. Well, really I track think Cameron it all the way Diaz back. is unretiring from acting. I think she's coming back. Oh, so she's pulling a Brady. Thus, the she's pulling a Brady. Uh, so the tweet was originally says, assuming Jamie Fox and Cameron Diaz aren't about to explain this to me, forget it. I'm going straight to the source at Keith Varney at Mikey I nine nine, please. And then a, uh, a a whole exchange took place where mm-hmm. I attempted to. <laughs> Dis- describe Tom Brady in popular culture, uh, but through our lens. Uh, but uh, you know what? Here was the here was the fringe benefit, Keith. Mm. As far as we're concerned, said Twitter user and fan of the show did their due diligence listener. on Tom Brady. Yeah, you also known as a listener <laughs> did their due diligence on Tom Brady and came out on our end, which is yeah. uh, what a terrible garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a terrible garbage man. Yeah. So, uh, thank you so much for tweeting at us. Thanks for finding us on the, some public forums. Thanks for listening to the show all these years and uh, never saying hi. But I guess that makes sense. Whoa, if I, whoa. If, if I, no, I'm serious. If I think of all the podcasts I listen to that I feel like so, uh, like p- personally attached to some of these hosts, and then I realize, oh, I don't ever. I don't even like ever say hey. I would just assume that would be a pain in the butt, but it's not. It's definitely not a pain in the butt. Hit us up on Twitter, whatever you can do. Uh, We love to chat. Uh, And uh, yeah, thanks. Well, see, I'm assuming that those other hosts have a lot of listeners and therefore get a get a lot of interaction where so it's like oh it becomes annoying at some point like there there is a threshold where like oh that's too much for me to respond to we're nowhere near that threshold we're like lonely staring you know refreshing our our phones here so by by all means reach out uh yeah i don't think we've ever given our our twitter handles before because i don't really I, i don't twit very much you had to tell me that i was even tagged in something but technically i am at Keith Varney, and that's at MikeyI99. Yeah, that's true. And uh, Off yeah, the top of my up. head, I yeah, remember. No, well done, buddy. Oh, I'm so good at this. What else we got? Who else t- said hi? Well, we also heard, of course, from our good friend and moderator, Phoenix Cage, uh, talking about the last episode uh, entitled uh, uh, The Case Against Alan Shore. And uh, Phoenix says uh, Shatner said Denny Crane. 
So many times that when he was at the meeting in the conference room, he was interjecting Denny Crane. It became, I am Groot. And I actually started to understand the meaning behind it. That's hilarious. That's exactly and, uh, what it is. It is, I am Groot. It is. It totally is. And Shatner is so good, you can sort of get the meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure Shatner's like was in front of the mirror and just said, like, Denny Crane, that means I'm angry. Denny Crane, that means I'm hungry. In Denny response, Crane. you know, I'll also say uh, CEO Jen, my wife, was listening to the show, and she is also very put off by sort of the the this boys club scampy <laughs> isn't it cute that they're uh, wild sexism wi- and misogyny yeah it's uh she's it's it's very off-putting so it's not just us it's not just these two white men's opinion <laughs> yeah well i mean i <laughs> am i heartened by that i'm <laughs> like because i'm not heartened by it being gross but i'm i'm glad that we are not completely lunatics but yeah no it's a uh, well, we are completely lunatics, but... Oh, uh, no, for sure. Well, fair enough. All right, well, let us uh, let us move forward by uh, letting folks know how to contact us. After we just talked about contacting us, you can find us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com, on the social medias, at outofpracticepodcast, on Instagram and Facebook, and on Twitter, uh, at Keith Varney and at MikeyI99. So... Uh, there it is. So uh, I think it is long since time that we uh, hop back into the time machine and talk about the world in April 18th, 2004, which was the time that The Firm aired. So, Mike, what was going on? This day in the basement. Thank you for that. I I love it. So, uh, yeah, I'm still rocking Park Slope, Brooklyn. Uh, and one thing I remember, this is a bizarre, uh, uh, something I, I fell in love with at this part of my life because I'd never really attended them uh, growing up in the suburbs here in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Uh, but down the street at Grand, Ar- Grand Army Plaza in Park Slope, mm-hmm. there was a weekly farmer's market. And I absolutely love a farmer's market. I would take the dog down. Sometimes it would be accompanied by my girlfriend, sometimes not. And... Just peruse. You'd get fresh yogurt, fresh dairy at a farmer's market. Nothing quite like it. Some great coffee. I hadn't yet become a coffee snob, but I was started getting good coffee. But one thing that really changed in my life at this at this farmer's market, and I have to I have to give it to my girlfriend, is I always thought that lettuce, and when I would order salad, iceberg lettuce was like my thing. That's all I had. Spinach, ew, gross. But what she she refused to get ahead of iceberg lettuce. She was kind of a foodie and she was like, you need to learn as a grown man that bitter greens are what you need in your life. So she turned me on to spinach, Swiss chard, and my favorite lettuce now to this very day, arugula. And that is when my life turned around because bitter greens, dark leafy greens, that's what the body needs. And it's so Mm. tasty. uh, Iceberg lettuce is just water you're squirting in your mouth. You got to get those bitter greens, baby. Get yourself, next time you're out, get yourself an arugula salad with a nice little, uh, you know, vinaigrette. So, Keith, this day in the basement, I'd like to shout out to farmer's markets, Swiss chard, spinach, and some just fresh arugula. 
Thanks a lot, Park Slope. If you want to stay a regular, have some arugula. Absolutely no, I... not. Absolutely <laughs> not. I forbade that joke. <laughs> Sorry, is it, was this a bad bidet for it? Oh, no. <laughs> That's, you know, we should never like record these things first thing in the morning. It's it's we're both like sleepy, cranky, and lunatics. Uh, hey, all right, Keith. While I was munch, munch, munching some grass, uh, that's I was I see I was eating grass before I was smoking it. What were you doing over there in uh, wherever you were? I would like everyone. You were down in the, the street, world, weren't you? You were down the street at this I, point. I was. I would like everyone to appreciate the fact the the joke I just swallowed there and didn't tell. But you, you probably all know what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, but I tell you that that monologue about greens was not one I expected to hear this morning. So thank you for the for the gift of an unexpected monologue. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I I have some just some boring usual stuff. Uh, auditioning like crazy. Got an appointment for Mr. Snow and Carousel at Ooh. Gateway, which I was excited. They called me. I was excited about that. I didn't get it. And then they I'm never called you again. Never once again. Never again. I I think I've been deleted from their mailing list for tickets. Uh, I was in the third callback for the Oliver tour, tour, which I didn't get. Did Monty again? But here's the thing that was that was fun that I found in my email, and that is I got an exclusive invitation to join Friendster from our mutual friend Devin. So remind me this what Friendster even was. Friendster was proto Facebook. Oh. It was it was uh, happening around the same time as MySpace, but it was um. Facebook before Facebook. And I and I it, it's crazy to think you know that I'm old enough to remember Friendster. But Friendster, I will always be grateful for. And let me tell you why. Because it was on Friendster that uh, one of my oldest friends. One of my dearest friends found me again after having oh. lost contact for 10 years, 10 something, some odd years, uh, that we went to drama camp for a couple of summers in New Hampshire. Life-changing, unbelievable experience. And we became incredibly close and became, uh, and we were such good friends. But then it's the 90s and mm -hmm. we didn't have emails and we, you know, it was we all went to college. We completely lost track, and I had no way of contacting each other, hmm. and sort of lost this very important person. And uh, boom, there she is. She finds me on Friendster, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" And then we were able to reconnect. Finds out she lives in Queens, lived in Astoria, and so we were able to rekindle our friendship, uh, and and have ever since. And no, 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 it wasn't wasn't like that at all. In fact. Uh, she performed the ceremony at my wedding, oh, and I okay. performed the ceremony at hers. Amazing! And in fact, I'm on I'm on call right this very minute to go and babysit their daughter when she has her second kid. So at any moment, I might be hopping off because it's time. It's baby time. And so Mike will just do the episode himself at that point. Mike will do the episode himself. So I'm uh, I'm incredibly grateful to Friendster because it brought. Uh, my friend Liz back into my life and is a very important person and her husband and her kids and it's great. Keith, you bring up that's beautiful. I'm gonna make a joke of it now, just so you know. Great. Um, great. 
but I'm also being serious. I'll say this very quickly. Keith and I both have, in the past, as you've heard, uh, done, presided over a, a bunch of weddings. Uh, and I I enjoy doing so. Keith enjoys doing so. So if you would like two of <laughs> your favorite podcast hosts to 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 marry you, uh, we'll do it. And it will I'm... be awesome. We'll bring T-shirts. It'll be a whole thing. So just saying, if you want to renew your vows, if you want to get divorced, if you want a marriage, whatever you need, Keith and I will come and be the MCs. And I'm not wow. kidding. I am not uh, kidding. As, as usual, oh sure, yeah, yeah, great. That's uh, I, write I am a song? technically, I whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you will have to become a patron, though. We will, we will demand that. <laughs> you have to be a patron. <laughs> no, technically, I'm a, I'm a minister at the something something in the order Universal to Life Church. That's, I think, yeah, that's there my, it is. My credentials to technically be a, uh, to be an official officiant. So, can you imagine the murmurs in that wedding? They'd be like, "Who are these people? Who are these guys?" Why are they here? Wait, are they they're going to marry them? That's not good. That's not good. If you want to ruin your wedding, right here out of practice podcast at gmail.com. We'll also totally leave right after. We definitely won't stay for the free food and get sloppy at the reception. That won't happen. Promise. That won't happen for you, but I promise I'm going to eat too much and get (laughs) super sloppy. I'm going to start doing a live podcast during the (laughs) vows. We need some bonus content. Is it cool if we just talk through the whole thing? Yeah, if we just commentate it, we just get two microphones and we commentate the wedding like we're watching the episode. Yeah, and then 15 years from then, they're watching their wedding back and we're just talking all over it. Right, and it's just like two drunk guys nobody else knows. (laughs) Uh, We'll still be podcasting, unfortunately. Okay, what else is happening today? It's time for the Out of Practice Podcast's This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Yes, indeed. Although, yes, we continued to listen to Yeah, uh, Usher featuring Lil Jon and Ludacris. Who are we listening to today? Oh, Keith, we've gone back to the well. Some of my faves. This is, once again, the channel Beetle the Bardcore, who does an insane amount of medieval bardcore versions of these songs. Check them out on YouTube. Beetle the Bardcore, 300,000 subscribers. Uh, This video alone has over 5,000 likes and 100,000 views, so uh, they don't need the bump. We don't even have 5,000 views on anything. (laughs) All right. Uh, Very good. We were jamming to this in our car on our way to see Kill Bill Volume 2 in the movie theaters. If we picked up the Burlington Free Press, we would see, uh, to bring it down, Israel kills Hamas chief uh, as uh, foreign policy continued to overtake our world at this point, which means it's time for... It's time, it's time, time, time. It's time for sports. The Boston Hockey Bruins were in a riveting first-round playoff series with the hated rival Montreal Canadiens. The Bruins took a 3-1 lead in the series, pushing the Habs on the brink of elimination. That was until Montreal took games 5-7, through seven, knocked the division champion Bruins out of the playoffs. Boo! Meanwhile, the Flyers pasted the New Jersey Devils four games to one, sending them to a second-round series against the Leafs. There it is. It's the playoffs. That's uh, that's when it gets very exciting. Very exciting. At the end. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm a human being, god damn it! My life has value, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! It's time to talk about the damn episode! You know, it's funny, you talk about uh, getting sloppy at, at weddings you preside over, and I'm sitting here, like, like worming in my shame about when that happened. At the end of the... At, so I, when I did the ceremony, the, we did the reception, it was great, and, like, we are all having a great time, and I didn't realize that maybe I had, like, one more than I maybe should have until a good friend of mine gave me one of my books to sign. Uh-oh. And I wanted to write, like, a heartfelt, like, message in it and, like, <laughs> sign it. And I'm pretty sure it's like a dog got a marker and, like, scraped it across the... <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I'm still when, embarrassed. When I did my brother's wedding, I was like already I had written this beautiful like ceremony. I was ready to do it. Everything was great. Things were cool. But he was having like a smaller wedding and I went up to check with the DJ to just kind of like go over some cues and stuff. And this DJ, Keith, I don't know how to explain it other than this whoever they got, however they got this person was a to- totally technically illiterate. Had no idea to run how to run the board, how to fade the music in. Didn't know how to like load a USB playlist. Like nothing. Was it just somebody named DJ? I don't. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So I was like, you know what? I can. Lo- I'm. I was gonna read my ceremony. My notes were on my iPad. I was like, I'm gonna Bluetooth into your system. I'll just do it all. And so that's what happened. So now I'm up there, and it's like my brother's wedding, so it's a big deal. And I was entrusted. You know, it's a, you take it seriously. And so I'm trying to like be present. Also refer to my notes because I can be very uh, – I can get off topic. I, I, what? I, I tend to ad lib, so I wanted to stay on. And also, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to be dead honest with you. My brother's first wife's name was Denise, and his new wife's name was Danielle. And so they're oh, similar no. enough that I – in all throughout my ceremony, I just had her name bold, bold. like 96 font. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. – and I promised my wife I would refer to it so that I didn't embarrass myself. But now I have to have that and then swipe over to the other screen and be like mixing the music in real time. It was a, so afterwards I also d- decided to drink heavily. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I ended that night and it was like 8000 degrees outside. So I en- ended that night in a very similar state. Yes, yes. Well, so somewhere out there that it, that exists and I never want to see it. <laughs> Keith and All I right. talk about getting drunk. <laughs> All right. Well, meanwhile, you know how you mentioned something about going off topic? I believe we should be saying the writer of this episode, the firm, is David E. Kelly and, and the director is Christina Musry, who last directed Pre-Trial Blues. And this is a wrap on Christine, pff, Christina Musry's on, on Listerine, Christina Musry's last episode of The Practice, which uh, now I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying coming back to this segment. Come back. The Tom Brady has left us. The segment is back. What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, you know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Well, you know, we started saying goodbye last week, Keith. It felt like our original cast. And so I think, and I, and this segment has changed. Now it's just what I actually think is going to happen instead of r- ridiculous things. I feel like the show has no choice at this point 
because of the the pieces, the chess pieces they've set, but to be two shows. I really think instead of an A case, B case, I think we're going to have what's happening at the firm as they kind of close up shop for whatever reason. I think we need to now see a reason why they're going bye-bye. Um, and also in the B case is actually the B show, and we're going to see Alan Shore starting to work at Denny Crane and Associates and Associates. Uh, and that that kind of the two scamps in the boys club and and what I'm interested to see on that side is who because we've had Alan Shore be Alan, the Alan Shore we've come to know is he now going to be the straight man to Shatner's Denny Crane or are they both going to play the the you know the the, the comedic part I, I'm interested to see how that dynamic's going to work yeah. in a two-hander and in our side so it's really it's really interesting. I would love to say then over the next four episodes, we're going to see like a great, beautiful farewell. Bobby's going to come back. Lindsay's going to come back. We're going to see uh, how it all, how everybody gets on for the future. But I don't think, I think it's going to be a slow death. I think in in in, <laughs> in, in various ways, uh, Cameron, or excuse me, I should, uh, Eleanor and Jimmy are going to leave or have a fallout or something. So it's just a question of who's going to go first. Uh feels like it would be Eleanor would be the first to go. So I'll, so I'll put my flag there. I think Eleanor is going to slowly see her way out and it's going to start today. And we're going to start to see the new uh, working bromance of Denny Crane and Alan Shore on the, and we're going to have two separate shows happening. That's what I, that's my big prediction. Okay. Well, folks, it's time to watch the soft pilot for uh, Boston legal, the firm. Well, I, do I really should say, Keith, I don't think it's since it's Denny Crane and Alan Shore, it's more of a hard pilot. You know what I'm saying? Mm, well, <clears throat> with the right medication. Yeah, quite rigid. Jimmy. Manny. What? Look at you and that Is it the sandwich shop guy? You like on that? <laughs> I was just talking to hey, you. Hey, it's Jimmy's old friend. Of course, we start with an old friend. Yeah, he runs a meatball joint down the road. Folks, it's Billy Gardell as Jimmy's cousin. You'd know him from Bad Santa, You, Me, and Dupree. Uh, also, giant sitcom star with uh, Mike and Molly, Bob Hart's Abishola, and My Name is Earl, underrated gem. Mother. I know this. She told me, which is kind of what put the idea in my brain that I should uh, maybe come see you. I heard you got fatter, but you yeah, look good. You know. <laughs> Thanks. Um... Everybody says you're fat. It's great. Young? What a joke. Yeah. Lady Quinn, old friend. It's not an episode Hi. of The Practice. Let's be called somebody up? fat. Uh, can I talk to It's like my you? own subtext well, about uh, myself. Yes, they're lawyers. Privilege applies to all of us. I've had some drug problems as of late. Not using, I swear. Just selling. I would never use. Anyway, I got, uh... I can talk, right? Yeah. I got myself in this situation, okay? And a few weeks ago, I got shot right in the ass. Nothing serious. You know me, I'm not a complainer. Anyway, I had this dope deal coming up that I was planning. I didn't tell anybody, except Gigi Cooley, my girlfriend. Remember Gigi? Of course. How is she? She got fatter, but she's good. Anyway, all of a sudden, the feds are busting down my door. I got raided. They seized my pot, they arrested me, they opened the wound in my ass all over again. It was terrible. It healed up good, and I'm not suing for that or nothing. But my point, 
Nobody could have known about this drug deal, Jimmy. I didn't tell no one. I think the FBI bugged me. I'm positive. Bugged you? How? They inserted some device in my buttocks. I know it sounds nuts, but I think during the first surgery, they inserted one of those small microchips. Then during the second procedure, they took it out. It's the only way they could have known about the pot. I mean, I didn't talk about this deal on the phone or nothing. So I want to bring a motion to suppress. I mean, this is beyond unconstitutional. You can't bug a man's ass. It isn't right. I gotta like slow clap for I was just gonna say Billy that Gardell's is monologue. Chef's kiss. I mean, that guy had two choices. Just chew the walls and just okay, they want me clearly the writing indicates they want an absolute just joke of a joke. Or I'm gonna give you a straight face and I'm gonna sell the shit out of this. I'm gonna say Lola Brigidetta da Coolio or whatever that was. I mean, everything about that. Was Lola Brigidetta Coolio? You, you can't bug a man's ass. It's not right. Uh, that we, I wish right. that had happened earlier in the season so we could have just clipped that out and used it for everything. But eh. uh, Well, Billy Gardell, you could see why he went on to become a very successful sitcom star because that self-tape was magnificent. Oh, man. You can't bug a man's ass. You can't right. bug a man's ass. It's unconstitutional. <laughs> I'd like to take... I'd like to make a motion to suppress my ass. Plus, every time I use the bidet, it shorts out, gets a little uh, zap. Yeah, you don't yeah, want to get a zap yeah, in your ass. I would have thought I was talking out of my ass, but then uh, I squirted some water up there and electrocuted myself, so I figured I, I was on to something. I wasn't expecting it to talk back, see? The FBI. You must be joking. Uh, I hate us. I don't joke. I, I don't believe too. in humor. Well, I don't believe in guns, and oh, I look, do not shoot show. ducks. Every new employee picks up a rifle. It's how I judge character. Denny. Little problem. The Finnertys are here, very upset. Oh? Who are they and why do I care? They're the wrongful death case you brought in here. And they're upset because their trial starts tomorrow and you've been totally absent. Did you explain to them that I'm typically absent? I did. And they're maintaining it's you they hired and they're feeling defrauded. All right. Tell them I'll be right in. Okay. And to prepare me, do you know what you plan to say? No idea. Most paralegals request not to Hold work on. with me. Just so you know, I'm totally fine with being here. All right, so as we're doing a, we're like literally doing a soft pilot, uh, I'm going to be introducing a lot of folks here, starting with uh, the lawyer t ju we just heard talking to Denny, played by Curry Graham from Pompeii, Assault on Precinct 13, NYPD Blue, Suddenly Susan, Agent Carter, and... Uh, He's not making it through this pilot because he's going to be playing a different character on Boston Legal. And uh, since we're stopped, just for the sake of time, uh, guess who just showed up on our screen? It's Rebecca DeMornay from The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Risky Business, Wedding Crashers, Runaway Train, Jessica Jones, and The Shining miniseries. Uh, remember when they... The ABC was doing all the Stephen King miniseries, and they did a what King considered a more faithful version of I The don't Shining. I remember The Shining on ABC. The Shining, it, it wasn't good. No, well, it wasn't good. Shocker. Yeah. Did. Got it. I'm actually not that difficult. Don't do anything to disappoint me, and we'll get along fine. Or something like that. <laughs> Sally. 
If you dress like that, people will get the right idea about you. Sally's Please, wearing a party dress. You can't keep talking to me like this. Woman on woman can still be sexual harassment. <laughs> Wonderful. And if you look around, you might find someone who cares. In the meantime, go home or wherever it was you woke up this morning and put on a different outfit. At ease. Okay. I know that lawyer from somewhere. So, uh... As I introduce Lake Bell as Sally Heap from Bless This Mess, Wet Hot American Summer miniseries, Mismatch How to Make It in America and in a World. Uh, yeah, so don't worry. In this new office, women will hate each other for no reason because, you know, that's how that's the world that we live in on David D. Kelly shows. Bill. Sarah. Good to see you. Good Dead. to see us. You know, we hired you 14 months ago. We've been in here dozens of times for meetings, depositions. We have never seen you. Our trial starts tomorrow. We came specifically for you, which we made clear. Sheldon Modry specializes in wrongful death. He's uniquely qualified to handle this, given the way your daughter so... Wrongfully, wrongfully died. died. <laughs> Do you even remember how our daughter died? It's Randy Thompson and Judith Flanagan. Such a shame. As the victim's parents. So wrongful. Tell me how my daughter died, Mr. Crane. Bill, Sarah, Mary died when a store light fixture fell tragically on her. Are you going to be trying this case or not? I am going to be trying this case. I beg your pardon? He's a friend, Eugene, so I'd like to, you know, help. You filed a motion to suppress? Yes, based on the exclusionary rule. The client had a reasonable expectation of privacy, which we feel was violated. You're planning to walk into a court of law and argue that federal agents installed a listening device in your client's buttocks. I know it feels desperate. Desperate? Oh, it feels desperate. Eugene, if the evidence doesn't get suppressed, he goes away. This is one of my oldest friends. I gotta do this. He says when he had a rigorous movement, he could hear a little beeping sound. You can't possibly try this case. <laughs> Why not? So clearly we're not gonna facts. have, we're gonna have two shows, but we'll lay it out memo, right? One no. page, no more. Double space. We're firmly in. One page, town. double space. Uh, Off you go. Denny. Edmund, are we on today? Uh, no, I, I have an emergency. Could I talk to you? Of course. Stop right there. Mike, can you tell who that is? Keith, could he possibly be an antagonistic, potentially... Uh, Cardassian uh, person interested in fashion? It might be! It is Andrew Robinson who Mike well played plays Garrick on Deep Space Nine. You'd also know him from Hellraiser, Dirty Harry, and Child's Play 3. The legendary Andrew Robinson. Welcome. So all the guest stars are going to be on this show. That's right. It's my son. He's been arrested. 
Daryl, what for? Sexual assault, date rape, which he is innocent of. I know you don't do criminal work anymore. I'll take care of it. He's a wonderful young man, Denny. I guess these guys go way him. back. He would. That's true. <laughs> I was also on Star Trek. Well, I just meant they're clearly old friends. Denny's like, insisting on trying a case that he knows nothing about. Remain tomorrow. Forever. He settled a claim behind my back. He lit my tie on fire because it was red. He referred me to a surgeon to get my breasts done. Now, see, that is what are you going to do about it? I can't work Whoa, 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 let's all take a breath. We're not going to do anything about it. Richard, as I understand it, the case you behind your back was for more money than you were prepared to close on. Mitchell, the tie smoked a little. It did not go ablaze. And Julie, you've been complaining about your breasts for three months. No, you seem to be the only one who can handle this man, Matthew. You need to somehow rein him this in. This is Alan Shaw, Sheldon. In addition to being a gifted attorney, he's an accomplished Danny Crane wrangler. He'll join you at tomorrow's trial. What? Please, let's all remember when dealing with Danny, deep down beneath that amusing exterior, his name comes first on the letterhead. Hannah, I need you now, sweetheart. That's it. 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 That's Yes, and you're not that charming either. I left the DA's office to get away Danny from- Danny promised the client we'd make it go away. And I promise I'll make it up to you. And Lara Flynn Boyle wouldn't come back. Pretty please? Hmm? It is very much a very similar character thus far. Mm. What do you mean yes. I can't take it? Obviously, this is a very precarious time for the firm. Which is why I would think we could use clients, even... Not that client. Not but clients, Manny Jimmy. is one of my oldest friends. Jimmy, the absurdity of this motion would damage our credibility, and that would hurt our other clients. I want to take this case. We're voting two to one to turn it down. You know, I never come to you and ask... We understand that, Jimmy. And if it were anything but this, we would probably say yes. But, but this, this firm cannot go into court and wrong claim about that the, the FBI like bugged the client's the ass. We don't know mm. for sure they didn't. The stuff that's going on these days... Fine. Get some evidence to support it. We'll reconsider. But for now, we're not taking the case. So is this case... So do I hear correctly that Jimmy now must columbo some evidence about an implanted listening device in his cousin's asshole in order to convince Eugene? And that's where we've come to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fair question I to ask. I specifically asked for a one-page memo, soldier. You've given me Did a page a and a half. Did you say question to ask? Since it is double-spaced, I, I won't read it. <laughs> I like to read. Winner, winner, chicken here? dinner. Matthew thought my presence could add prowess. There's no need for prowess uh, when I'm in the room. Denny Crane. Gentlemen, this is Alan Shore. He'll be joining us today. And I believe you all know Denny Crane. Jimmy, thank you for coming in today. Just present the evidence uh, whenever you're anal. 
What? Woman is dead. Instead of able, I tried to aim over. Two million dollars. This is going to bring her back to life. <laughs> I'm like, how? How is that ready? <laughs> Do you have a figure that will bring her He's back? He's the bacon the oven. Two point three. <laughs> Mr. Crane, the decedent was not a college graduate. Her earning capacity is limited. No pain and suffering, no loss of consortium. The jury verdict research on an instant death with no dependence is 875,000 structured. We're offering 1.2 upfront. It's generous. I don't like fast little talkers. They remind me of chipmunks. Denny. The fixture satisfied all safety requirements. It never should have fallen. But it did. They literally sped that on up. On Mary Finnerty's head, killing her irreparably. Allison's son, your client. <laughs> Good face work by Spader there. Yeah. Over 3,000 stores nationwide. That's 57,000 lighting fixtures just in the good old U.S. of A. What if they all fell down, man? We're not talking about one little accident that killed Mary Finnerty's head. <laughs> this could wipe out hundreds of thousands of innocent people. Danny Crane. Sex was consensual. I give you my word, Miss Rose. Well, her word seems to be rape. And since there's both this porn clothing and Daniel vaginal bruises, sure. she's making it up. So Why? riddle me this Which... real quick. No disrespect yeah. to what's happening, but I just want to make sure I'm, I'm seeing this correctly. So we are now in, <laughs> folks listening at home, we are now in the B case of the B show of the main That's show. That's right. Okay, yes. That's right. So we're not just like subdividing the series now. We're subdividing the episode within the episode. Yes. I, in fact, like I, I would argue that our heroes are the B case. Yes. The butt case is the B case. The butt case is definitely the B case. Well, they would be the C case. So if, if lighting fixture is A case, this is sort of B. Oh, God. This is the C case. Yeah. Because yeah. rape trials are fun. I dated this girl. We had sex before, consensual. But if you'd had sex before, why would she now be saying that she was raped? Excuse me a second. I mean, it's kind of smart of David D. Kelly to just like, you know what, let's start the show early and see what the reception is, and then we'll, just, like, we'll kick over next season. I don't like my paralegals no, to talk. I'm definitely. happy to receive your input later. He's in a, a, a kind of a privileged position to do that. But I am so ready to give it to you now. Obviously, for you to speak to a junior partner like that, you must be screwing a senior partner. So, Daryl, any ideas? We have a woman here with bruises, ripped clothing. I'm looking for a little direction here. Well, her father was very abusive to her when she was younger. He even sexually assaulted her. And? And I'm not a shrink, but a buddy of mine is. He said we could argue that because of what her father did, she psychologically, I don't know, gets turned on by mistreatment and stuff, which personally I think she does a little, which is why, you know, Here's we were having great. rough sex, yeah. and that would account for the bruises <clears throat> and stuff. Also, <laughs> she's African-American. I'm sure the relevance of that is obvious, but could you... Run it by me anyway. Well, a Boston jury is likely to take my word over hers. Plus, African-American women like 
sex. You know. Rougher. Why are we soliciting advice from the client? Well, we're uh, what do you definitely mean you can't not take my case? for him. My firm... Jesus. They voted against it. I thought you are a partner. I am, but... I was outvoted, Manny. Jimmy, if I don't suppress this evidence, I'm looking at eight years. I tried. I don't understand it. It's a criminal firm. You're a partner. I'm a criminal. And besides, you're my friend here. I know, but... But not I them, thought they Jimmy. were cousins. Didn't you say they were cousins? You, you remember when you passed the bar? We yeah. threw that great big party. And, and you gave this great speech about Keep what it meant. just we're friends. How you were finally going to be able to help your friends. You be friends with your cousin. Well, here I am coming to you for help. Now, what's the deal? Or he might not be a cousin. I don't know. I just wrote it down. We look ridiculous. You must really love to shoot. This is America. Everybody loves to shoot. Guns are what makes America great. There are more guns in American household than pet dogs. Listen, as soon as we can get the guns to fetch, we can lick this damn dog problem completely. Osama, pull! Saddam, pull! He's like proto Magda, buddy. Pull! He <laughs> truly is. See, the trick is, you gotta. Oh! Whoa, now. Trick is you gotta wanna hit wow. the target. Wow, so Dick he's Cheney'd. Yeah, yeah, I was okay. just saying he's a proto, he's a proto Cheney, proto Mega. Mother, and he's supposed to be oh. a ridiculous character. Yeah, N not real. Yeah. Did you say mother? I only meant to scare her. That was a scene that happened. Now that we've played guns together, can I be candid, Denny? I've had the opportunity to this is gonna be a better scene. for a while from up close and afar, and I've consistently noticed something. Like what? You're not well. People in your firm aren't going to tell you that because they like you. Plus, you wield a great deal of power. But you have about as much business being in that courtroom tomorrow as you do holding a loaded shotgun. Do you know who you're talking to? Look, I offer this because, A, I don't care if I get fired, and B, someone very dear to me died with Alzheimer's. And when I think I see symptoms, even the possibility of symptoms, The fact that you may have Alzheimer's does not entitle you to criticize me. Danny, these people, the Finnerties, have waited 14 months for trial. You they want me that was a really funny because line. they think you're prepared. That's a good line. Who do you think you are? Who? Hmm? I hire you. You're here a week. Now you're trying to tell me what to do? Nobody. Nobody. Tells me what to do. Dad. You're my father and you don't even remember. I'm not your father. 
for a second. Don't you laugh at me. I'm healthy. I'm a picture of health. Didn't we do that with Raymond Oz already? Like, didn't we do yeah. this story? We did the story with when Raymond Oz. We did. It wasn't to get rich or... I mean... I had a lot of buddies who got in jams. It's compelling. I became a lawyer oh, to help sure. my friends. It was that simple. There was something about that that seemed very glamorous to me. And it still does. Really? Get some space in the north end. Jimmy hangs out Wake with Jimmy. Wake up every long, huh? morning, grab my laundry off at the fluff and fold, have yeah. coffee with Lenny and Sal at Maury's Donuts. Drinking some Sam Adams. Help Bastards. Steve get the Denver boot off his pickup. Help Sylvia get a loan even though she's got no credit. Negotiate a better price on a condo for my Aunt Mary. Help the people I really care about to live better lives, you know? Then close up early enough to have supper with them. It sounds like a life to me. A rich one, even. Jim definitely feels like he's on his you way. You have to do it. Out. <clears throat> do what? Hang oh, yeah. a shingle on the north end. Help Aunt Mary with her credit. Help Lenny with. You have to do it. I can't abandon the firm now. Of all yeah, time. you can. You only got three episodes, The man. word on the street is our firm is over. I've been looking. You got have. a great guest spot I'm going to turn into this. a series regular on, on One of my close uh, friends Grey's Anatomy. Eugene's put his name out there. What? Eugene? Three weeks ago, he interviewed at Hollings and Gray. Yo, that's... That wasn't even the point. Like you have to go do this because it's what you want to do. You have to do it. Well, Eugene, how dare you? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm always looking. I mean, who's not on LinkedIn? I'm not on LinkedIn. That means you're linked out. It's buddy. not just going away, Matthew, especially not quickly. He raped her. Not what I want to hear. Look. Get the new guy to do this. He's done criminal The cases. new guy is in court on Denny Crane control. I told you when I came here it was to get away from criminal law. I have an official complaint to lodge. And since it's about her, she might as well be present for it. I fight my battles open. You might want to opt for an adverb there, Sal. Openly would support your predicate. Open would describe your leg position at the bar. I want that wow. on the record. Ooh, the girls are fighting. Got a big one, Glenn. Yeah, tell me something I don't know. Oh, please. Hannah. Glenn. Date rape. We need to find some credibility issues quickly. Hey, did nobody notice that Gina Gershon just walked onto the screen? There's a showgirl. There is. It, a, yeah, there's a showgirl. We saw it. It was Bye Bye Birdie starring Gina Gershon. Um, there is so many just beautiful people entering the show i don't i don't know what to say keith i mean clear uh, well denny crane did say he has a type he only hires a certain type which at least they're upfront about it it's like between yeah. two series now we've had nothing but beautiful lawyers yeah uh the shocking shocking and it's it's funny like there's a 
It feels like there's a, there's a little more latitude uh, on one half of the gender spectrum than Absolutely, on the other yes. half. Yep, yep. Uh, just saying. Uh, Gina Gershon, you know, of course, from Showgirls, Face Off, Bound, Killer Joe, Cop Rock, and Rescue Me. Victim's name is Candace Watson. Suspect's father is a blue chip. We'll get you employee records, school transcripts, credit report. Your hair. It's so you. Mm-hmm. So every female Hi. hates the other one. Like it's of course every, that's they all hate each other. To prevail at trial. That, that is the goal would be to squash this 2004's, now. 2004's uh, David E. Kelly's understanding of women. They just okay. hate each other this. for no reason. All right. And it's all everything is sexualized. <laughs> they can't hate each other for Daddy, any reason I other than sex. You. I've prepared this opening for three weeks. Overkill. We don't want to steal the thunder from your closing, Daddy. Not going to get to a closing, no, sir. Mr. Crane. We'll hear from you. Danny Crane. Pat Mitchell. I represent plaintiff. Here's what's going to happen. A whole lot of witnesses are going to get up and tell you how and why. All shops, lighting fixture, fell on Mary Finnerty's head, killing her. Pence is going to get up, have their say, then I'll get up again and ask you to give Sarah and Bill Finnerty a whole lot of money. Now, it's difficult to put a price on a human life, I grant you. But this is all shot. And as the defense counsel was so quick to point out to me, they have over 3,000 stores in this country, 10,000 internationally. We're not talking about one lighting fixture. We're talking about a lot of lives at stake here. Objection. Sustained. Mr. Crane, Objection. can we talk about this case only? Can we do that? Oh, of course. I'm sorry, Your Honor. Um, He's so his got, assistant yeah. is holding a flashcard telling him what to say next. Value of human life. It's a bugger. My friend Jerry Spence tells a story of this paper boy delivering his papers on his morning route one day. He throws the paper through the window, shatters the glass, blinds a woman. What's the value of that? Hmm? Paper boy. Decides to give the woman paper boy, get your sweet his profits for the week. Not very much, considering she was blinded. Now here, we have a loss of life, an avoidable loss, not merely an accident, one they could have prevented. So I think the paper boy had the right idea. At the end of this trial, I'm going to get up. I'm going to ask the defendant to pay my client one week's profit. Now, let's make that a day's profit. Let's not get greedy here. We may not be able to put a price on Mary Finnerty's life, but we can at least pay her family the profits for the day they killed her. What could be more fair than that? Hmm? My client's profits are not relevant. The number of stores they have is not relevant. How dare you go into that? And how dare you not shut him down? 
May I go off the record briefly? Go right ahead. Thank you. This is not for your ears. We've seen this way. judge before, yeah? You yeah, stupid bastard. Cases rarely turn on what's legally relevant. What you have to be concerned with here is that all shop makes $160 million of pure profit a day. A day. In gross revenues, $800 million. In the 20 minutes it took the ambulance to reach Mary Finity's crushed head, your client took in $10 million. That might slip out in court, and even if it doesn't, look at this face. It comes with its own publicist. The jury will get wind of those numbers. In which case, we'll appeal. Great. And do you think you'll be the lawyers to handle that appeal when your client gets whacked with a $50 million judgment? You're an ass. You're an ass. You're an ass. How about we settle this case like your career's depended on it? And it's 2004. Oh, Retail's still a thing. I'm sorry. Where were we? I mean, he's good. Leaving? He's good. I've been thinking about this for a long time. And now... Because you couldn't take that case? In part, yes. The truth is, I've always wanted to hang my own shingle. I'm 43 years old. If I don't do it now, when then? Considering what we're going through now, how can you even think of leaving? What am I going to hang you my shin shingle? You interviewed with Hollings and Gray last month. Is that true, Eugene? They called for an interview. I declined. No, you didn't. I declined the job. But not the interview. You considered leaving, Eugene. That's what I've been doing. We just came to different conclusions. Do you have any idea how difficult it would be to launch a practice? Probably not. But I'm not coming totally from logic here. This is emotional. Given that, why don't you at least wait to see if Lindsay this did impulse... It. Lindsay busted a hole in the wall and just used kickskin guy out of the closet and made a firm. Nobody gave her a shit for that. Uh, also, so did Bobby, Lindsay, Rebecca, Helen. Oh, that's <laughs> and, right. Right, yeah, because remember when the entire cast got deleted and we never even said why? Yeah, but you know, we, for all we know, they we, they work at Kmart now, or much happy. They're like a Walmart greeter. Welcome to Walmart. Fair enough. Fair My name's Bobby Donald. Passes. The truth is, sometimes Eleanor, represent rapists. I've been wanting though. to leave for a hundred years. I love this, and all of you. Don't get me wrong. But what I really want to do, deep down, this isn't it. I'll pitch in, handle cases, whatever you need. I won't abandon you. But I gotta do this. And when would you do this? Right now, of course. Today. <laughs> it needs to be now. Now there's some spoiled milk in the fridge. Yeah, you might want to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of her not respecting me. I made law review at Holy Cross, top 10% of my class, and people totally dismiss me because of the way I dress. Well, then let's talk about your dress. I get clients because of the way I look, Matthew. People approach me. Men approach you. Yes, many of whom go on to hire me. Keith, it's now important for this show to discuss, to have the man discuss a sensitive uh, HR issue. Explain to a woman how to dress? Yes, and that's a good idea. The carve out your career. You know, you're right. Law review, top 10% of your class. Firms all over town should have been extending offers. How many did? 
Sally, you're an attorney. I'm also 25, and I'm not gonna dress like I'm 40. My legal skills are excellent. I shouldn't get punished because my skirts are short. And you can tell Hannah, I'm gonna hit her. I don't care if she's a partner. If she keeps treating me like this, I'm gonna hit her. According to the seminars, I'm not supposed to hug you. But I feel like I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna risk it. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Munchausen's. Basically, it's a disorder that causes people to make up or fake diseases. I know what it is. Where did you get this? I should say, how did you get this? I have to say, Munchausen to by proxy is one of the most interestingly fucked up things that I've ever like seen, read about, and seen shows about. It's it's a really bizarre and terrible affliction. And it's great TV. Bad. Was she ever actually diagnosed with Munchausen's? She doesn't have it. Then why is she on a hospital list? It's computer generated. If a person is admitted for treatment over and over, the name eventually might end up on a possible Munchausen list. Even if the injuries are legit? Shouldn't happen. But one doctor along the way had to wonder you whether know, she was about really ridiculous abused by her father. Let's not forget that they, I tried That's to blow enough. up Les Moonves once. <laughs> With a cannon. Oh, I forgot about that. Before we get on our high horse about about the integ <laughs> the integrity of the show. Do you have a second? <laughs> sure. Mm. Is she gonna quit now? Cameron, come on, I need you for my prediction. I'm gonna ask you this in a quiet, refrained tone so as not to seem like I'm attacking you. How is it you could interview with another law firm at Eleanor, they wanted to meet. I told them I was not interested. They were persistent about at least talking. I only agreed to hear them out. I did. I restated my position that I had no interest in leaving here. And that was the end of it. Was that before or after you fired Alan? It was after the firm voted to discharge Alan Shaw. Eugene, I don't think I need to lecture you on the importance of perception. But for us, during an incredibly vulnerable period, for our senior partner to be seen interviewing. Nobody saw. The word was out. Jamie heard it. She told Jimmy. The word got out. Forget that I'm your partner. As your friend, if you're planning to bail. I'm not bailing. But I am ending the show. We, we are fired very soon. Are we going to survive, yeah. Eugene? Mm, that's a hard no. We'll survive. I'm not bailing. And we'll survive. You're going to be on Law and Order in 2022. You'll be doing great. And I'm never going to age, so we're good. That's right. I'm going to look exactly <laughs> like this father? in 20 years. Did I meet him with the DA this morning? Both of them. Other than that. Oh, yeah. Tara. Copies of cases. First circuit's on top. Massachusetts is the second tab. Dictum and legislative intent after that. Would you like me to come with you? I would, actually. 
But I'm too afraid he'll talk. Would it kill you to be kind? Actually, I was once, and it almost did. Ah, so I get the blame for how you treat people. Just the opposite. I give you total credit. Hannah, I, I find would her hate tedious. to be the only one I'm to experience the, the tender you. Yeah. It's late. I've got to go do good deeds. Ooh, pan job. Sheldon, I heard you settled. Yeah. 6.5 million. Good result, clients pleased. 6.5? You were stuck between 1, 2, and 2, 3. How'd you get 6.5? Denny did good work. So I don't need to intervene today. I mean, the point is valid. Don't the you point love is it made. here? Oof. These convictions are extremely difficult to get. Especially when the suspect and victim once had a consensual relationship. Well, their relationship. I'm not saying I won't get it. Does just Willie see Carpenter? Trying to prepare you, Mr. Father. Watson. Kenny, I, uh. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were busy. Actually, I did. Which version of Smitty we got? You're Candace Watson's father? I am. Hannah Rose. I have the unfortunate task of defending the man who raped your daughter, who, between the three of us, I'm convinced is guilty. What do you want, Hannah? In the interest of no surprises, medical report. A claim you once abused your daughter. I'm sure you didn't. A hospital turned up her name as a possible Munchausen. What Hannah, is if going you could on? excuse us, please. If she makes things up. That's all, Hannah. I'm leaving. This can be used to pierce rape shield, which is vulnerable to begin with. You might want to consider sparing your daughter this trial. Hannah, get out. Misdemeanor assault, one year suspended. That's a gift. None of us wants to go to trial here. And the DA agreed? I just got the call. Your son does get a conviction. Yeah, but no jail. Assuming the judge signs off, which he should. Oh, thank God. You can thank Hannah. Hannah. You sired a monster. I... I don't know what to say. He's a fine young man, Miss Rose. And... No, no, he's not. Mr. Solomon, I can see you're having a moment. But from my take on the facts, which includes an interview with a fine young man, he's a rapist. If he's to make anything of this second chance, Daddy needs to see the fine young man for what he is and get him into some counseling. Is that his whole role in the show? They're all nuts. Yep. Like three the scenes partners. where he's like, Aww. Mm. You know, they've all totally had work done. They have? Please. Denny They're Crane's head joint. so They're pumped full of Botox. Even Hannah. Pretty Hannah. It's Hannah edgy. Rose? Yeah. It's edgy. It's 2004. She's in her 30s. It's hardcore. So what? She's pulled so she's tight, she's got to cross her legs to smile. This is David Brownstein. Also, oh DeMarco is not. Oh, my God. 
I guess it's lucky I don't like to smile. I was just... Oh, my God. Give me that joint. She's going to be cool now, Keith. It's going to be cool. How yeah. much do we pay you, Sally? 160000 do you she think we pay you $160,000 to come down here to the storage room and smoke pot, Sally? No, ma'am. It would be a mistake to call me ma'am. Give me the joint, Sally. Do you need to pee, Mark? Yes, ma'am. Sir. Hannah. God. Go well done, pee, Mark. Mark. like so miscalculated my day I've had a lousy day too Sal I arranged for a rapist to get off with just a slap on the wrist now I need to go buy something to feel better about myself I've been eyeing this little purse actually cost $900 can you imagine $900 for a purse luckily I can afford it Partners here are well paid. I bet you hope to be partner one day. So, is the story here if women aren't Complain fighting their shopping? Don't to anyone ever again, even to your own mother. This little pot incident comes to light. Get it? Because you have to light it. See, I really thought we were going to have like a come to Jesus moment there and they were going to see eye to eye, but that that's not that's not what happened. No. She's going to smoke the joint now though, cause... Of course she is. This is edgy. It's like NYPD blue. That's not how you smoke a joint. What the hell are you doing in my office? Like walk them through it. Had you there again, didn't I, dad? I've asked you not to make fun of my mental health. As I recall, I meant it. If I offended you before, I apologize. You know, you don't fool me. My success as a trial attorney comes from my ability to read people. I read you. I know your little secret, Socher. You do? You're in awe of me. Well, now that the secret's out. Let me tell you something, Denny Crane. Having watched you at the courthouse yesterday, I just want you to know I am in awe. You're Denny Crane. And that's something. You've taken up a minute of my time. To whom do I send the bill? Send the bill to me.
Best thing is it's elegant. You can go dressy and it's casual. So now we're it buying the bag. sweater and jeans just as well. And the size. Do you like to carry a lot of stuff? Totally. Let's go with the big one. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. I'm saving up to get the same bag. Well, look on the bright side. If I saw it on you, I'd no longer want it. <laughs> Tell you what. Incredibly mean thing to say. I'll buy you one. If only I could. Look, if you get home and you suddenly hate it, bring it back. No problem. Not supposed to say it. Never heard it. <laughs> What's the matter? Hannah Rose. Oh. You're an attorney? Mm hmm. My sister. Why? My name is Candace Watson. Your client raped me last week. Well, that is unfortunately coincidental. <sighs> Small town, Boston. Just sign here, please, and you're good to go. Look, I, uh... Throw the purse away, Keith. Hand it to somebody. No, no, she's gonna walk away that way. Okay. Great performance. The convenience of that moment is ruin ruins it a little for me, but. Well, you know, we got a we got a twisty twist, but uh, but. Uh... Before we twist again this one last summer, I think it is time for Mike to recap what we just saw in a segment we call... Oh, crap. <laughs> no, we don't call it oh crap, we call it hey coopsie. <laughs> there are now two shows. Mm-hmm. Jimmy decides to jump ship. Nice. Girls hate each other. Yes. Yeah, okay. I feel like that's, you know, we could have saved ourselves about an hour if we just <laughs> had you do that. <laughs> well, uh, then we wouldn't have had uh, the context to do this. Ladies and gentlemen. Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsie! You know, last night I had Cracker Jacks for the first time in forever, Keith. Acting good! Oh, Cracker Jacks! So good! Guesting good! But they don't give a toy inside anymore. They just put a little QR code to, like, be online and play a game. This is where we rate the episode and stuff. Where's my toy? That's why, that's why I'm, you know, these days, as an adult, I'm a Crunch and Munch guy. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, let me tell you, they are a fake award show that begin every single week with... I shouldn't have done that. 
<laughs> shouldn't have done that. Well, this is it. You know, the, the the rape story that we've I think seen a variety of times at this juncture. Uh, mm-hmm. She did. What's that? What's that? What's her name? Hannah. Hannah Rose. Wow, I think you may be right. Um, surprisingly, I remember her name, but no one else's. I'm, uh, I'm. You don't even know our like main characters' names. Yeah, I know. Uh, she, I mean, she was able to pierce rape shield and get them to settle for like time served. He doesn't even go to prison, so that's pretty good. Uh, I, but I cannot put my weight behind that. So, Denny Crane, I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. He 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 got him six million dollars when they were gonna settle for one, and he barely remembered what was happening didn't even so, know what was happening he had yeah. cue cards for the love of god so no i no of course it's denny crane yeah. i mean you know we're we're obviously telling the raymond oz story that he's he's failing and yet a genius at but this. they're gonna carry that off for five seasons or or are they just gonna forget about it uh, oh. oh maybe the show has memory loss okay okay they were like yo love Let- the pilot that's not gonna work though yeah, no, no, no. We can't spin that for four years. No, definitely not. Okay. Already famous. Like, who is a guest star now? Like, technically, like, who's... Is Shatner a, a series regular now? No. No, Shatner is technically a guest star oh. on the practice, but we're not really on the practice anymore. Yeah. So, like, what show? It, it's less like is is Shatner a guest star? As what show are we watching? I'd love to give it to Garrick as just sort of like for the crossover possibilities, but he doesn't really do a lot in this no, episode. He has like three lines. Uh, I don't. This is tough. I feel like we can't I- give it to Shatner again. Why not? He was great. I, I agree, especially in this in this in this sort of sensitive scenes between them. But I, it, do, it feels wrong because he doesn't feel like he should be considered a uh, a guest star. Well, Mike, as Candy Finnegan would say, feelings aren't facts. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, then Shatner's. This is what three weeks running. It is three weeks running. Well, yeah. All right. He, he is. is technically a guest star on this what, show. Keith, so. some would say when it comes to the oopsies, he's boldly going where none have gone before. Uh, Has anybody gotten three in a row? Consecutively and maybe four? I mean, he could run the rest of the se- season. Uh-huh. Like Stephen Flynn <clears throat> had back-to-back Marley. Uh, no. Uh, Anthony Held had back-to-back. James Whitmore, of course, had back-to-back. Uh... Larroquette had back-to-backs. Uh, I don't think we've had the triple. We've we've had Larroquette won three in a season, but not three in a row. Wow, it really uh, is unprecedented. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Maybe he deserves that his own show. Uh, maybe maybe they should spin this off. You killed your podiatrist or blue case but you let a single tear run down your face you're the best actor on the show uh, so regardless of the sort of narrative disconnect uh, and the, or the bifurcation i should say and all of that goodness the 
performances by the main cast, the extended cast, all of the cast. Truly excellent. Oh, Keith, we didn't consider the butt guy. Yeah, it was a. It, he had one fantastic monologue. But. But. Get it? Get it? Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I I, I I couldn't see the colon in your in your <laughs> sentence there. It felt more like a So wait, so what is the what is the end result of that? So Jimmy's gonna take up the butt case after he quit like in his new practice? Is that what we're to understand? It yes, it seems like that's what's gonna so happen. So after all his growth as an attorney, he's gonna go back to being the grunt. Yeah. Well, okay. you know, sometimes when you have a what was the phrase? A uh uh a, an energetic movement, one mm-hmm. must grunt. Yeah. Yes, yes. Your ass shingles. Um, hang your ass shingle. Uh, anyway, so it feels like, are we going to see Jimmy? Was this, you didn't say this was a series wrap for him, though. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he was very good. This We're going to have three I'm, shows next well, week. So what I was basically saying is it, all of the performances from all of the extended cast were really excellent this week. I mean, for as far as trying to to anchor such a kind of uh, overwrought episode of things happening, they got some great performances out of everybody. I mean, it was a well sort of and whatever director sort of what was the director's name this episode? Uh, it was Christina Mustry. Definitely kept things orderly enough that it was coherent, which is some, saying something. Which is something. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. As far as the best performance, that's tough to narrow down. I thought that the actress who was trying to be 25 and be herself in a sea of uh, female hate and misogyny. But uh, that's a guest actor. We're talking oh, we're, we're 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 still in the practice. We only have like 3 actors to choose from who are still left on the show. Well, then I think you have to give it to Michael Bataluco. I think yeah. that he uh had the heaviest lift and you know, I, I think his pathos and his, the Jimmy character for all of its unevenness has always really registered to me as, as somebody who I'm proud to call a friend. And I, I like him taking his swing, and I feel I, – I like that arc. I feel like I hope that – I'm like Jamie, right? I, I You need to do it, Jimmy. You need yeah. to go and do do it. And so I'm glad that maybe, no, for we, sure. we couldn't save Lindsay, so maybe we can save Jimmy. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I have thoughts about that for tires, but I agree with you. It is Michael Bataluco. Congratulations on your best actor. Yeah. All right, now it's time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. It does sort of suck. I think uh, maybe you're going here with it, like that when David E. Kelly was in a shitty mood because it seemed like the show was getting canceled, he definitely gave our our, our team a, or he knew people were getting fired or whatnot. He, the, the write-offs for our main cast that we went with so many seasons, last ep- season finale, felt sort of truncated and unfair and not particularly satisfying, whereas maybe the fa- the knowledge that he's writing a new show and he's he gets the chance to sunset these characters, maybe we have a shot for them getting written off not so shitty so who knows i don't know uh jimmy seems like he might be getting his rainbow his pot of gold um, or they'll kill him next week i don't know <laughs> so we'll see <laughs> we'll see how it goes um yeah i mean this is a pretty cool episode of boston legal i think uh as an episode of the practice i, I just it's it's so weird 
And it's weird it's because weird. we know the context, and I don't know much. I can't think of another example of a show that was piloted and released during the run of the preceding show or spun off during the preceding show. Well, there there are soft pilots out there. Um, you know, we've 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 seen it on on a couple of things that the supernatural did a soft two soft pilots for shows that never spun off. Um, you know, I know uh, Star Trek has done it, but. I don't know of a show that ate another show while it was still running. Because, you know, there have been soft pilots for shows that, you know, happened on Grey's Anatomy. Like Private Practice had a pilot on, you know, they've had in that universe. But the mothership continues. It's not like you have, it's, it's, you know what this is? This is like Alien, where like another show is, Chest just jumping bursting out, of, its out yeah. of the practice and is now running around munching the scenery and like the practice is like floundering dead, flopping on the ground. What 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 is what's breaking my heart? We've talked about it, so I won't go into too long of a diatribe about. It. What's breaking my heart a little bit is that we've stopped writing our characters anymore. Really, I felt yeah. like there's not a lot of progression. Like what happened to J- uh, Lindsay in the past in the final two. Well, really the whole series, but the final two seasons specifically is now Eugene, right? He's they've removed any sort of forward motivation for him. They've rev- they've they, he had so any many of them. Yes. But he's the one I think is the bi- he had really cool sort of sub narratives happening early on. Like what well, his marriage, his his relationship to his son, his how yeah. all of these things affected his morality and how his morality affected his his and now he's just pissed off boss. They're making him take these interviews but and and upset Eleanor, but now Eleanor just feels like she's disgruntled every episode, and it's just her coming in to talk to in it. And none of it's particularly moves the story forward. None of it seems consistent in any way, really. And to to our our listener Matt's points that he's written in about Eugene, he's right about this version of Eugene. But I think where, where we butt heads with him a little bit with Matt is that this isn't the Eugene. This isn't Eugene, really. It's kind of like a version, it's like a bizarro world version of Eugene. And Jimmy is getting at least some narrative written for him, but it's all hypothetical, maybe. And Jamie's been resorted to, I don't know what Jamie's really doing. She's like Not filing, she's filing, and then she's having drinks with him, and then and we just and then flash mob, we're in this flash mob is not a word I meant to use, but there you go. Flash cut, <laughs> we're in this other show that has things happening and office drama and and things going on and storylines and people that we've never met before. That's the thing that was jarring about this episode. We were not introduced to these characters. It is like we joined a new show already in progress, right? It's right. like we came back from commercial break and we just like came into the middle of an episode. I'm like, oh, oh where am I supposed to know these people? So, and like, I, the uh, Hannah Rose character, she is the main character of this episode. Right. I've never seen her before. Uh, never seen her before. And they and she's not and like they try to give her some nuance by the end and I feel like maybe it's but we've done those beats before on the practice. It's just weird, man. It's not bad as an episode of television. It's just weird. I don't know what show we just yeah. we do a podcast for 8 seasons and I'm like what are we watching? It's so weird. Right. Yeah, I mean I I think by this point uh other than people who worked on the show, 
we're we're getting to be authorities on the practice like yeah. just in sheer of like sheer hours spent talking and thinking about it i'll tell you exactly what this episode felt like to me for me for my experience and it's my podcast damn it um yeah the two episodes we did that were crossovers where all of a sudden we're in a different show I felt like an imposter podcast when we uh-huh. were like on Ally McBeal because I never watched Ally McBeal, so I didn't know right. the people or what was happening. That's what I felt like mm-hmm. today. I felt like we were doing a crossover episode of another podcast. Uh, but here's the thing. It, all of the office drama stuff, I guess, was there was some interesting stuff. That I thought the Jimmy plot line resonated with me most because I, I know Jimmy. I like him. Right. The Eugene stuff, I don't understand I don't understand why that any of that stuff is there. Like why Jimmy couldn't have his his thing without the whole Eugene subplot just to make Eugene seem like more of an asshole for no reason. Uh, or that they're all moving forward, I guess. I think yeah, I mean yeah, I, I think we're that. we're we're laying the track for like everybody going on their own ways. The Denny Crane case wasn't about the case at all. So I guess in the Boston Legal it's not like that wasn't about the case. We barely get to know the the the, the truth of it the real case we focused on was a rape thing but we barely talked about that just that he was a piece of shit and that she's doing the, either like relaying groundwork we've already laid it was all right i i i, I the performances were gr- good across the board no clunkers even the butt guy gave a that was fun that was a butt good open great. i thought that was a good open yeah it's better than a 6.85 spare tires it's better than that as an episode of t- like but i in 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 context, it's hard for me to rate it higher because it's an episode of the practice. So I, I'm saying six point five six spare tires. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you, if I'm the only. I'm sure other people have this, but whether you have this, do you ever have those nightmares where it's not really a nightmare because like there's no like monsters running around and like stabbing and blood. It's just the otherworldly sense that you can't quite tell what reality you're in. And like you're like these people aren't behaving quite right, and like where am I? Am I at school? Am I not at school? And just the the very lack of an anchor for where I am and what's happening and what time it is is the nightmare. Hmm. And I feel that way with this, right? Because it's I, I sat down to watch an episode of the practice, but it's not the practice, but it's. It's clearly half the practice. It, it it has this nightmarish quality to it, which, like, I understand what's happening. You know, like, from a practical standpoint, of course, we're piloting, we're, we're transitioning to another show. That's the plan. We know this. Um, and you're, you're getting a head start uh, on this. But the actual, the practice, the show that we love, that we have devoted a trillion hours to, is sort of just being abandoned by the side of the road and it's it's very sad it feels <laughs> like an inuit family really. like an alaska like the inuits in alaska where they just like leave their elderly on the side in the in on the, the frozen ice snow yeah, yeah it's, just, it's, that's what we feel like we're doing yeah and it's it's like it's really sad to see it go out this way and you know, the, Jimmy's arc, right? Jimmy leaving to go and do his thing, that makes perfect sense, right? I like that. That's that's in character for Jimmy. But it it's Jimmy Berluti, right? Major, major character, Emmy-winning performance for Michael Badalico. Right. And 
His leaving the firm is the C or D story in a toss-off episode. That should be the whole, that should be a huge arc. That should be a huge thing. It gets what, four minutes of screen time? Jimmy yeah. leaving the firm and gets that's four minutes of like screen time. six episodes of them just using him as a fat joke. Yeah, yeah. And he gets called fat every single, like, it's, it's what are you doing? Like, that should be huge. It should be a huge moment that Jimmy's leaving. And it's barely even being referenced, right? Compared to, we're introducing like seven other characters, right? That we don't, we don't know, we don't care. These aren't our people. Like, introduce these characters on your show. Do you on remember- On Boston Legal. Do you, now we're watching this ostensibly in real time. I mean, we, every, once yeah. a week. So that's, of course, we don't take the summers off. So I guess it's a little bit accelerated. But do you recall your feelings watching it in real time, real time back in the day? Like, did you feel this disconnect then as well? I I think I did. I mean, I don't think I felt it quite as keenly as we are now because we're so Im immersed in the world. It was just like a 45 minutes a, uh, a week sort of a deal. But yeah, I mean, I definitely was sad about the practice ending and it was um, confusing. Had they announced I, I think I, the Boston Legal already or that didn't happen until the summer? I don't think so. I'll look it up before next week. Because um, now you know, and I, I certainly like the, was the excited outside about drama that. Is, is integral to the sort of the yeah, the to the now. storytelling the of what's story happening is part here. of the story, yeah. No, it, oh, it definitely is. And it's definitely intruding on our show. And it's like the, I don't know. It's like Boston Legal is a, is a, is a great show, right? And, the, and, and Shatner is so charming and so good. And, and, and the dynamic he has with Spader, I, it feels like he's reigned spader like the alan shore in a little bit because alan shore has something to do other than crime mm -hmm. um and and so like that's nice i like him having um something somebody else on the screen with a similar gravitational pull to sort mm -hmm. of balance out the alan shore character great so like boston league is going to be great but can we show the tiniest shred of respect to the practice which we've spent eight seasons working on um you know and and obviously i've mentioned it during the show but like my god are the women written horribly you know we're setting up this firm full of these like sexism and misogyny as as the environment of this new firm all of the men are behaving in this incredibly sexist misogynistic way and then the written the women are written that way. They're just like we're we're fighting or shopping. That's what we do, and and we're slut shaming and we're and we're catty and well, as you every single before, one of them. If you'd as you'd mentioned before, if now if we were putting that through a lens of satire or as look how terrible this is, then maybe there's something there. But thus far, it's very like it's you said. It's supposed to be compelling. Yes. Yeah. Not. It's not a commentary on it. It is the thing that, it is the thing. And like, so, you know, we we met, we met three women 
who are main characters in this new firm, adding Rona Mitra, adding Tara, and all three of them, you have Gina Gershon, you have Lake Bell, and you have Rebecca DeMornay. They're all basically the same, like, like it's it's offensive. It's just bad. There, there's nothing to balance it out. There's nothing to call it out. It's just like, okay, this is the world we live in. Great. Let's just, let's just have this be shitty. So, uh, sorry, I've been talking for a long time. I, I just get, uh, it gets under my skin. Just like, like, meanwhile, Cameron Manheim just sitting there twiddling her thumbs with the last four episodes of a eight year season, twiddling her thumbs. With nothing to do. Well, even Ooh. if look, uh, let me t- let me let me look at let me just let me go around the corner for a second. Let's yeah. say for a minute, let's remove your disgust of the of the of that behavior of sort of that meta commentary. Okay, let's remove it. Right. Still, okay. you've got four characters, as Keith said, that are not written with a lot of nuance. So you're introducing all these new characters who are playing a lot of the same themes and colors, and whether they be off-putting to you or whether you find that kind of inter-office cattiness compelling, it still doesn't do a lot for the characters, right? It doesn't, it doesn't. Well, well they're, they're not characters. Right. It's very stuck. They're not characters. They're, they're, they're dynamics. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. But, but give me a number. Yeah, yeah, fine. All right. I'm going to give you a 6.1. Okay. I think um, one of the it, things I want to tackle when we get to the end and I think I know where yeah. we fall down on this, but let me just let me let me tee it up. Since we've anointed ourselves the the caretakers of the practice uh, ethos, all right. Well, as we're the only people talking about it on the internet, yes. So until another show comes in, we are decide, the keepers of the flame. We will decide yeah. whether season eight is canon as mm. the practice. Or as potentially Boston Legal season zero. Yeah, yeah. Because though I wasn't like so satisfied with the way we went out in season seven, eh, it might be better. Yeah. Than this. Yeah. We'll yeah, have to make that. that we'll is, have to determine that. Is and, season eight canon? Yeah. Well, uh, only we wield the power to remove it. Oh, we have such power. Yes, we can just get on on IMDb and like change well, it Keith, up. Great. You can write a song that makes it poof and go away. Mm. Well, folks, I I actually would be very curious to the folks who are listening up to this point, um, Jen, what <laughs> do you think? <laughs> so uh, e- email us, outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. I'd actually like to sort of get a vote. Is season eight canon or not? Or should we shoot uh, it out of a canon? Shoot, at Les Moonves. Should we shoot it at Les Moonves? <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, there's the, no, we've already it's it's so perfect. Why yeah. would you even need to continue talking? So uh yeah, send us what you think at out of practice podcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at out of practice podcast and Facebook. Uh, same deal. Uh and while you're there, uh, you can join the fine folks who have left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting service of your choice. We'll be really excited to get rated at some point. And uh, while you're there, you can also hop on to patreon.com slash K&M. Get a lot of bonus things. Watch our faces while we're doing this. We're, you know, we used to do it. But you can pay money to see us do this for, you know, reasons I don't understand, Michael. Yeah, and we'd like to thank the patrons whose names uh, I 
don't have pulled up, so I'm gonna hope keep. Uh, yeah, we already did that. We already said thank you. We're not thanking you anymore. But if you'd like to help us out non-financially, uh, find us on YouTube. Keith and Mike watch Deep Space Nine, and Keith and Mike talk about Keith's toys. Look at my Star Trek toys. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. We would truly appreciate it. Also, tell a friend. And if not, just keep listening. We love having you there. This has been a blast as we wrap things up. Hey, take your least favorite season of our podcast, load it up into a cannon, fire it off with some laser sounds. (laughs) Laser sounds, cannon or non-cannon.